welcome to Between the Liars with Ryan and Danny. Hey, how's it going, Ryan? Good. What is that you've got on your screen there? <laughs> what do I have? What is it? Professional professionalism now. As she is. <laughs> can you hear? Can you hear me now? <laughs> new new microphone. There we go. New got microphone. that. Yes. <laughs> got that sound quality moving up in the world. Official. So <laughs> it's, people are either really going to enjoy it or they're going to stop listening because. Now they can hear what I have to say. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> One of the worst things for me about having to do the editing for the podcast is I have to listen to my voice. And <laughs> I just all, you know, everybody hates their voice for them. Unless you're like, we were talking about narcissists before we came on here. <laughs> uh, but just, I, I feel like most people, if not all, hate the sound of their voice when they hear it back right because you know you you, exactly. you hear it differently <laughs> it just it's like man i didn't think i sounded like that do i really sound like that <laughs> exactly well now hopefully when i go to equalize the audio danny you and i will be on equal playing fields volume wise right we've had the substance be equal we just you know volume now yeah It'll volume be... <laughs> wise yeah, now little you, things now you can talk <laughs> over josh when he comes back on here that's thank goodness no i'm just kidding i'm too. i love josh he's a great dude that's why we keep having him on all right today we're going to be discussing advocating for yourself and your civil rights if you've Very been, important stuff to know about, Ryan. It, and Very important stuff. I'm going to be honest. Not even I don't necessarily know like where, where's their wiggle room, right? Like it, it, it's where, where is the hard line? What do you, what are you stripped of um, when you're arrested? What can you get back? Like I, I think we're going to unpack part of that today, aren't we? Absolutely. Like I said, it's important for people to know on both sides whether you're a felon or you're just a normal boring person. I'm kidding. Just, <laughs> just I guess I'm boring. <laughs> I'm, teasing. I'm teasing. Anyways, um, no, but it is very important for the community to realize what we go through as um, felons, which a lot of people will say, well, you deserve to go through that. However, right. we serve our time. We do what, you know, not all of us, some of us do what we're supposed to when we get out and we do better and we get better. But it's still so hard to accomplish just some of the basic small things like housing or even getting a job. I couldn't go work at McDonald's right now mm. <laughs> or yeah. QT. Well, you pretty know? much every that job. You know what I mean? Just yeah. something. It's just tough. But Pretty much every job asks on your form when you apply, have you ever been convicted of, of a felony? And you have to answer that. Like that, So that, that can disqualify you right off the bat automatically man and i gotta tell you it's tough because like i mean i know what i have to bring to the table right you know i'm educated um i i stay like we were speaking about earlier i stay within my scope i try to uh talk about things i know what i'm doing right. or work you know whatever but it's still nothing we're labeled as bad yeah and that's gotta end you know because there's people like me that come out and fight yeah not only for ourselves, but for others, yeah. you know, and it's just, it's just gets so tiring. So I think it just education is going to be useful. So. Well, you, you've got to start somewhere. And I think education is always a great place to start. Cause like, this is an area that I'm sure a lot of people are not quite as familiar with. And I'm sure that there's even people who have been convicted of felonies who don't necessarily know how to advocate for themselves. And, and that's another oh, sure. layer that's really important to talk about. So if, if, if we've got a new audience member 
and they're curious, well, what has Danny, you know, what, <laughs> what, what has she experienced? Remind them what your uh, felony convictions were and just briefly recap that story. And then we'll get into some of the questions I got for you. Sure thing. So, um, you know, I'm an open book. Uh, I share my story proudly. That's today. Why we appreciate you. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I used to carry around, thank you, that shame and the guilt and the um, sadness and just I felt defeated. Um, you know, in 2015, um, I got arrested. I had three DUIs here in Arizona. Thank God I didn't hurt anybody else mm. or, you know, I hurt my family emotionally, myself. Sure. But you know what? We're all alive. I didn't like physically hurt anybody else. Um, uh, I have another felony for an aggravated assault against a healthcare professional because I was pill shopping in 2015, you know, and the nurse, I don't even remember, you know, but I, apparently I kicked someone and, um, that's not good. You know, I don't care who you are, sober, not sober, whatever. There's really no excuse for that behavior. I'm just grateful that I have a chance today to share what has happened and to help others if they want to learn. So my first question I'm going to have, we're just going to jump straight to it. What are some of the rights or the civil liberties that you are stripped of when you're arrested and convicted of a felony? Well, um, my favorite one was they took my right to be a juror away. Thank God. I've never been called to jury duty. Never. I am 41 years old and have never been called to go to. However, on a serious note, um, I, you are stripped of your right to vote, um, which to some people that doesn't matter to mm -hmm. them. And that's unfortunate right. uh, because that is very important. Your vote does count. Secondly, um, which is also extremely important to me are my gun rights. Mm -hmm. You know, that my second amendment right is huge. My family is a family of farmers, dairymen, uh, you know, gun-toting Republican family, <laughs> you know? It's just right. like, <laughs> now, you know, I, I filed to have my, my rights restored and I was able to get my voting rights back. Good. They're holding on to my gun rights for a while and that's okay. Yeah. So it's just baby steps. I got yeah. my, I'm able to vote now. So, hey, that's the most important because I have these guns back everything else. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to audio and you got that flexing going on. <laughs> uh, so I guess I've always been under the impression that if you're convicted of a felony, there is zero chance you can ever get your Second Amendment rights back. Does it depend on maybe what that was or the, oh, like a, a statute of time? What, what factors into that? Well, both actually. So okay. here in Arizona, uh, let's say you have a, obviously a murder charge, you know, somehow you get out, you're not going to get your gun rights back right. ever. Makes Most, sense. You know, um, try, uh, crimes against children, negative. You're okay. probably not going to get them back. Um, you know, for DUI like mine, I'll get them back. You know, it's that ag assault that they're holding on to, okay. which is understandable. Yeah. To you me, know, that makes I sense. Mean, God, I got, Three felonies in one year? I mean, I would hold on to them, too, by the way it looks on paper. You know, I don't look good on paper. You know? <laughs> but that's okay. Um, what was the question? Oh, just I, I was curious how long you uh, – what what factors into the ability to get your second oh, yeah, amendment right. back? Because, I, I, like I said, I was always under the impression one felony doesn't matter what it is and you're done. And that that's incorrect and that's important to know. It is. So, like I said, here in Arizona, if you're if you get one felony, your voting rights are automatically reinstated once your sentence you have completed your sentence. Okay. You know whether that's thirty days or whatever it is. 
Uh, for myself, uh, it's two years after I got out of prison. And actually, it's two years after I got off probation is when I'm able to file. Okay. So you have to be absolutely discharged from everything for two years mm. before you can file to have your rights reinstated here in Arizona. And I think that's very fair. You know, they give you two years to show that you are continually being a contributing member of society, right. not a menace. You're not a danger. And then you filed. Um, for myself, I was denied my gun rights. Again, I'm going to file probably in a couple months because it takes about six to eight months for it to get through. Okay. So next time I'll be packing. <laughs> I don't know. It is tough. But even, come on, Ryan. Like, I can't even get a home, you know, rent right. a home with, without. And I think a lot of the hesitation is self-inflicted, too, you sure. know. Kind um, of that's almost like holding yourself back, almost yeah. like a self-censorship. I was thinking about that this morning, you know, about how difficult it is for people who don't have a big mouth like yeah. myself to get out there and go apply for a job. Because when I first got out of prison, I would go through LinkedIn and, Oh, I can't work there. No, yep. they'll never hire me. God, yep. They'll never Oh, There's I'm holding myself down now. Nobody right. else is holding me down at this point. Yeah. You, you this can't, point, you can't yeah. get a job if you don't apply for it. Right. Like that, that's, that's kind right. of step one. Like they can deny you. Now here's, here's an interesting thing that I've learned uh, through some of the negotiation courses that I took uh, through my program here, what they said is always push until you get a no. Because if the yes comes easy, then it means you're leaving stuff on the table. And so like, let's say I'm negotiating salary, right? And they offer you X amount and you just take it. Who knows? Like that could have been their lowest offer and like you got to push. So if you push until you get the no when it comes to negotiations for jobs or salaries, et cetera, obviously uh, don't take this advice for like dating. <laughs> that can get really hairy. <laughs> but like when it comes to like negotiating or advocating for yourself for a job, like we're talking about here, if you don't push until you get a no, then you don't know what you're leaving on the table. You, you might like there's so much that you might not even know they have to offer. So if you exactly. if you don't push until you get that no, you're leaving stuff on the table. And I think that's kind of what you're getting at here is, you know, you you self-censoring yourself on like applying for a job or a house. You don't know until you ask sometimes. That's right. Closed mouths don't get fed. That's one thing, <laughs> like you know, my, my mother had taught me since I was knee high to a grasshopper is what they would say back home. So <laughs> squeaky um, wheel gets the oil. There you go. Uh, you know, it's just like with my job with the state of Arizona, I haven't started yet. And you know, I had my, uh, I, I had my interview yep. and it went great. Good. They offered the position to me. You know, I'm always an open book. Like I said, from the get go, right. I'm, I'm in recovery. I, from pills. I, um, I'm a felon. This is what happened. These yep. are the circumstances. This is what I've done to better myself since then. And they offered the position to me, but once it went through HR, guess who, what happened? I get a call and they rescinded the offer, right? I wasn't okay with that. And I let them know. I said, I understand, but I'm, I'm, I'm not okay with this. You know, very polite, not aggressive, not just, here's what you're letting go of. This is what I have to bring to the table. This is what I know about veterans and the programming that is offered. This, these are my resources. This is what I'm bringing you. And if you found somebody better than that, great, because vets need the best. I don't care if it was me or somebody else. 
but I'm letting you know this is what you're letting go of. So go on from there. And about three days later, I get a call reoffering me the position. Mm -hmm. I do not take no well, yep. especially if I know that I am good for this job. And I mean, knowing what you're worth and what you bring to the table is also an important step in being able to advocate for yourself or negotiate because it's it's not you you can't walk in there and wing it you can't just be like okay well i i think i'm worth this arbitrary amount or you know what you just you should hire me because i'm me like you need to be able to do what you did and say, here's what I bring to the table and what you're missing out on. That's a great way to frame that. And it also makes it, like you mentioned, not threatening, right? Because It's respectful because, right. look, they see me on paper. They see my record. Yep. I don't look on – if you, reading about me on paper, I don't look like somebody that you can believe in <laughs> or that you can trust or you want to leave your dog or kid with for an hour. You know what I'm saying? Right. If you get to know the person over what they did – Seven years ago, you know, people change. Yeah. Give me, give, we got to give people chances, man. Yes, <laughs> you will get burned. People yeah. will burn you. You just got to have thick skin, you know, because once in a while you get others that actually do the work to change. And yeah. that's where, you know, uh, the, us, like I used the word earlier with, when we were off stage, is uh, felonious activities, man. Like, yeah, I like to have a good time back in the day. I'm over it now. I'm doing better. I, now I find different ways to have a good time, you know, and, uh, I'm not in jail and I'm trying to help others figure that shit out too. So, right. yeah, sorry. No, <laughs> all good. Magic of bleeping later. <laughs> we don't even have to. I just like it because honestly, I, I think it just, there's, think there's, there's something about the bleeping that just makes it amusing to me. I don't know. I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy it. Um, if you're not careful, I'll just bleep out everything you say. And I just be like, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> Nothing to hear there. Uh, <laughs> so if I remember correctly, when we touched on this in the past, you had mentioned that you also got letters of support. Oh, and big I think time, man. that's that is kind of if we back up a little bit, I think that's really important because you didn't just come in and advocate for yourself. Right. Because then you have to think they are taking the word of a felon. Right. And so what is yeah. the merit to that? Not that you don't have merit to your word, but, exactly. no, but, but absolutely. It, it can it, they take it with a grain of salt. You had people that you had proven yourself to over the last several years that wrote on your behalf. And I think that's an important thing to talk about coupling. Right. Along with knowing how to advocate for yourself, having people in your corner, being a person that they're willing to get in the corner for. Yes, absolutely. So I don't know why I did this, but ever since I had my issues with the law beginning in 2015 here, I would go back and see the judge mm. like, Hey, how's it going? I, you know, this is, this is what's going on now. I'd get cards from POs and social workers and just nonprofits. I am a walking Rolodex, man. I'll tell you, you know, <clears throat> for some reason, this all came to fruition for what's going on now. I think, you know, um, I have letters from character letters from judges, uh, state representatives, uh, retired judges, police officers, family members, uh, POs, name it. Like they, my instructors, social work instructors, you know, like I have, it's just something that you need to start getting a hold of, before, you know, now, especially if you have a felony now, I start getting that going first before you even think about getting a right to reinstate it because, like he, you said, Ryan, what merit do we have without 
that backup, you know, and by the grace of God, I was blessed to have representative Walt Blackman behind me. Um, you know, I just, I just did what I had to do to succeed. You know, like I said, I don't take no well. (laughs) I think I was spoiled brat as a child. (laughs) I really think that the important thing there is that you, you can't just fake your way to those relationships, right? Like if, if you, you need to really be working on bettering yourself and connecting with those people who can then write those for you. So like, it's a very fine balance, I think. Well, why would they want to put their name on the line for somebody that they didn't believe in? Right. And you, know, you need to have that relationship for them to be willing to do that. Absolutely. And that's important. And it's always, and this is another thing, you know, we talk a lot about politics on here, red or blue. It doesn't matter. You need to have people on your side both sides of the aisle. I do. I've got friends on both that will write or back me up on anything. Is that selfish? Maybe. I don't care. (laughs) But it gets me where I need to be and it gets others help that they need to get. So however I can advocate and help others and do it the right, honest way, good. Let's do it, man. I don't know that selfish is the right word. I feel like this might not have been the right word, but maybe more self-serving. Like you have a vested interest in doing this, but also you're truly benefiting the community and the things that you do. And so it's it's not just you selfishly trying to get this position just because you want the position. Like you're actively trying to better yourself and you've got this obstacle in your way that most people, if they're not a felon, right? Like they're not going to have that same obstacle. Even people who have lower character who don't have a felony have less yeah. <laughs> less of a chance of being rejected from a job because you just have that red, red flag that pops up despite yeah. your character. And that's why you need those people to advocate on your behalf so that you can then get, like, you can't get in there and benefit the VA or the community if the door is shut in your face. And let me tell you, as a, as a vet myself, I would much rather go into a benefits office and talk to somebody that has been through it mm. rather than talk to somebody who hasn't mm. to talk to a non-veteran who hasn't had legal issues or even a veteran who hasn't had legal issues yeah. um, because I'll tell you what my phone rings off the hook for help with mm. you know the VA help or criminal justice like what do I do here you know and I that's what I'm good at so that's why I'm like this is what needs to be done people need to be educated on how to do this for themselves man because I mean I I, I don't do this for money I don't get paid anything this is because I want other people to benefit from what they've given, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's tough, man. It's the way that we're, we're looked at. It's, it's very, it's hard. It gets to me sometimes too. It really does. Yeah. I get down on myself, but then I have to remember who the hell I am. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked at the start about some of the rights that are stripped away through like the governmental process we've kind of touched on some of more like the social stigmas. Like you're not barred from getting a house, but you need to get someone who's willing to either sell or rent to you. And that Mm -hmm. can carry a stigma. What are some other areas that felons might be stigmatized when it comes to those types of things? Obviously there's uh, rent, renting a home, uh, getting a job, Buying a gun. You're not going to get a gun if you do it the legal way, you know. Um, Really, that's even getting pulled over, you know, by a police officer. Automatically, they see aggravated assault on a healthcare Mm -hmm. professional. 
we better watch out. You know, I don't yeah. know what they think, but I would. You uh, know, yeah, like, that would make sense. Yeah. So I am very cognizant. Um, obviously, um, have to be cognizant of my behavior twenty four seven. You know, because I never want to give anybody the wrong idea. If like if they run my name, somebody pulls me over if I were driving and I come off as aggressive. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. You know, yeah. I. I do what I have to do to keep myself safe, keep others safe, and just remind them that, hey, we're not all bad. Yeah. You know. Do you so, think, do you think, yeah. you, you, you kind of touched on this a second ago, talking about how you might, like, self-censor or, like, just down-talk yourself, talk yourself out of doing or saying something. Do you think that you just are more walking on eggshells, like, feel like you have something extra to prove if, let's say, someone knows that you have a felony? Like, does that affect the way that you maybe conduct yourself, too? You know, I think that touches a lot on ego, what you just, a okay. little bit about what you, and yeah, absolutely. Sure. Um, if if I feel that I'm being looked at, you know, when I spoke at the House of Representatives, you know, I was like, they already know. Mm. So I, you know, I went in there and I, I, I presented myself differently than I normally would. Um, but it worked out, mm. you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, it's that my inner voice, like, and I can probably speak to about other felony holders or whatever we're called. Yeah. Felons. Um, <laughs> you know, we have that inner voice just like everybody else does. Okay. You know, you're a loser. You suck. But then you sure. just got to get over that because yeah. those are lies. Those are lies. Yeah. Do you think there's any advantages? Like, I, I know that, like, right now you're obviously offering specific insights from an area where other people might not, but do you think there's any other advantages to what you've gone through and what you've experienced? You know, people, I've been asked if I would change anything, if I could go back. And the truthful answer is no. Mm. I mean, I really wouldn't. It Life has been hell, but guess what? <laughs> I was... Who made that hill? I did. So guess what? I get that chance to pick it up, clean it up, and put that back in the way it goes. And now I get to help other people that don't know how to get out of that situation, which is why we're talking about restoring civil rights so we can get out and vote, so we can, you know, get out and get a gun. How does that work? What does it look like? How do you advocate? You know, Uh, I'd like to just talk about how, you know, I, I get this condo. You know, it's not normal to just do you know places I had to go to and people had to talk to like uh, landlords. Hey, my name's Danielle Sutherland and um, I'd like to rent your house. I'm a felon, you know, and then I have to just tell the story and it's just, it beats me up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, ah, but then this place, like the guy, then you run into someone like Reza here, you know, the owner of this place. And he was just, I am just amazed by you. It is, you are a wonder. Please, yes, move in here. Do whatever you want. Paint the walls. I'm like, <laughs> I got my black wall back here. Who nice. paints it? I do. I do what I want now. <laughs> but, you know, just had to open your mouth and realize that er- almost everything that you're hearing in your head as a felon mm. is a lie. You know? Yeah. I don't suck. I'm not terrible. <laughs> I'm not evil. I'm good. My heart's good. You know? And it's yeah. just a constant self-reminder that I am not that. So... And then it's getting it out to other people, having that voice and knowing what you're talking about. Yeah. You know? So it's just, it's important. It's important to educate, especially the community. Some of us are not 
what you see yeah. when you close your eyes and see the word felon. Right. Well, it's also, it's not the totality of who you are either, right? Like there are certain mm -hmm. things in your life that are going to heavily define who you are, but it's not the totality of who you are, right? Like I've spent a lot of time in grad school that heavily impacts the way I view myself, the way I conduct myself. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> grad student imposter syndrome and depression is real, you know, <laughs> but like <laughs> jokes aside, like there are major milestones in your life that you will even use to describe yourself. Like, especially in America, if you're asked to describe who you are, your job is in your title and your expertise is often going to encompass that your relational status will probably encompass that. And I'm sure that something as monumental as a felony is going to be something, but it's not the totality of who you are. Like you are so much more than just a felon. Yeah, no, I, when I just, when some, if you were to ask me that I am a, I'm a hundred, I'm a veteran. Um, I'm a Christian. I'm, you know, I'm so much more than whatever negative stereotype that you have associated me with. If you want to sit down and have a, a debate or a civil argument about this, we can totally do that because yep. I'm ready for it. I don't care. You know, people <laughs> look at me like, oh, you've been to prison. You must be stupid. <clears throat> what? <laughs> oh, you've no. Not that college is the mark of being stupid or not, but I mean, you've made it through college. Like, the, oh, yeah. that, that, like that's, that's just a simple marker right there that like, you are not unintelligent. I mean, oh, you, you let's could... not forget the magna cum laude part of that. Yeah. Though. Sorry. Either. I don't mean to sell you short there. Uh, <laughs> and like, even that's not, like I said, like, you know, there's plenty of brilliant people that I know who chose not to go to college, but like the fact that no, like absolutely. you have a, a college diploma in hand and people are still going to assume she's a felon. She's stupid. It just, it blows my mind. I don't get it. But just like I said, I, I would, those are the kind of people that I would like to respectfully speak to, yeah. you know, and try to educate them on the differences of humanity that we're not all the same. Yeah. Uh, doesn't matter. Uh, my, my best friend and I were just talking yesterday, how people with a Southern accent, like people like myself that I have covered up over the years <laughs> are looked at as dumb yeah. because you know, a Texas accent, if you speak a little slower, you, you may sound a little uneducated, but guess what? It's the way we talk. Don't associate me by yeah. where I live or what I've done with my intelligence because the yeah. two just won't go together. It's true. Um, and I, most people will probably know this about me if they've listened for a little bit back when I, you know, talked about myself instead of just politics, but, you know, I, I grew up in the Midwest and then in the South, and now I'm back to the Midwest as I finish out my PhD. And it's funny because when I went to the South, I got made fun of for my Northern Midwestern accent and the way that you say things differently. And then, you know, I'm back here and like my, my, my accent was never really thick one way or the other. And it's kind of been neutralized as I keep going back and forth. But like, I tend to assimilate towards the people that I'm around and I talk to like, I've been back in the Midwest for three years. Even looking back, I'm like, I talk faster and every like, I just, that's just the way that I am. But like, I, I've noticed that people, when I did come with at least a bit of a Southern accent, they tended to think I was less smart. And I was like, but why, why are we making that assumption? <laughs> Seriously, it makes no sense. But I mean, I don't hear you say, don't you know, all the time. So like, isn't that a mis? Oh yeah. <laughs> don't you know? It is, yeah. Uh, oh, one, yeah don't uh, for sure is also, uh, I, I've picked up that jargon. Uh, Oofta, that's, that's a big one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't really 
say y'all. Um, sometimes they'll come out, but very, very rarely. Um, that is my go-to. Yep. For sure. Yep. Hey, y'all. Funnily enough, my Midwestern fiance says y'all more than I do. I, I don't know where that came from, but. I think that's a Texas <laughs> thing, isn't it? It's, it's Texas, Tennessee, Kentucky. I, I don't know where it started, but it's definitely heavily well, ingrained in the culture. All y'all. <laughs> wherever, it, wherever it started, uh, whatever state they're in, still needs to be advocated for your civil rights, your gun rights. You yep. still need to know what the heck's going on. I don't care if you're stupid educated uneducated i don't care you still need to learn how to advocate for yourself or others um on this level because of the importance yeah. of you know my oh, it killed me when i lost my right to vote <clears throat> killed me so i did everything i could to get that back and you- when I, god i just actually i get teary-eyed i actually just got the paperwork in the mail from the court um nice. last week the, oh. That was the finality, and I got my voter's card. So I was like, ah, I'm a human, you know. <laughs> <Do, laughs> They're looking at me like I'm real. Do you so think just, you appreciate that more now since you got it back than maybe you did? Like, oh did you maybe God. take it for granted before you lost it? I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't Until care you can't. <laughs> I, <laughs> exactly. I didn't know how much I'd miss it till it was gone. Yeah. You know, um, I really don't. I, I used to carry a gun all the time. I don't really miss that so much, but yeah. the voting killed me, man. God, that killed me. <laughs> the juror stuff, seriously, keep it, man. It's Arizona. <laughs> I yeah. don't have my rights back. I don't want. I don't want to be a juror. I really don't. <laughs> but it is important to get your civil rights back. Yeah. Um, you know, if I never get my gun rights back again, that's okay. Yeah. That's all right. Because I'm still good. Doesn't mean anything. Right. So I want to make sure that we have adequate time to discuss this. Why don't we shift gears a little bit and we'll talk about advocating for yourself. We, we've kind of yes. done a bit of the setup. We've talked about, you know, there's, there's an education and awareness that needs to take place. I think we've laid that groundwork nicely. Let's now talk about, and you can pull from some of these challenges and the specific examples that we've already laid out. But let's talk now about how you can go about advocating for yourself for your civil rights, your civil liberties. The, the legal part of it is, is what you're asking? Any part. Talking sure. Well, let's, let's go wherever okay, you so, want with that. Well, let's talk about, um, I'd like to go back to if you're going to rent a home or if you're going to get a job, do not keep anything. I recommend do not keep anything to yourself. Okay. Don't omit any truth because the moment the employer finds that truth mm. and you didn't say anything, you look like a liar like, like that. Okay. Me, I, I mean, my story has been in the newspaper multiple times. I, I'm, I'm just open book. You want to hear it or you don't want to hear it. I don't care. I'm going to say it. Sure. Always be honest. Always say what you did. Don't give excuses. That should have been the number one. Take accountability for what you did. Okay. Because I, let me turn that around. I had to take accountability for everything that I did because I did it, you know, there was no excuse or ex- well, there was ex- explanations, but I never excused my behavior ever. And that's huge. And that holds a lot of weight to an employer. Um, look, this is what I did wrong. This is what I did to make it better. And so uh, that's high on the list of is accountability. And in order to like, if you want to go into getting your rights back, the legality part of that, 
um, we can we can do that too. So it's on. Yeah, but I mean that's an easy segue right there. Why don't we Why don't we talk about the legal? Portion All right. There? So <clears throat> it's two years after you are off probation. Okay. Okay. So I got off probation. Let's say tw- hypothetically 2018. So I download the paperwork off the state of Maricopa County Superior Court, fill it out, get all of my character letters, um, everything I can that will help boost me. You know, I've gone to AA meetings, NA meetings. I have old cards that are signed. Remember, this is all hypothetical. Um, AA cards, uh, letters from landlords. I don't care who it is. Well, I do, but you know what I mean? Get like letters of your character, (laughs) what you've done to better yourself and then file. Hey, you may get told no the first time, but guess what? You get to file again. So, you know, um, I help people all the time restore their rights. I help people restore their rights before mine were even restored, which keeps me going, man. Like it's important stuff to know, you know, so Help me understand the probation portion. And it's so free, by the way, to file. Oh, okay. You don't need an attorney. That's good. Good. Yeah. Good to know because I would not have assumed that. Help me understand the probationary period a little bit. So is it, let's say you get sentenced to like three years and then you're out. Is there a probationary period after that? Or is probation more like you didn't have to serve your full sentence and so they're just like, no. like how does that work? So in my case, um, I... I went to prison for four months, you know, they, they call, we just go and we get a number and we get out is basically okay. what it's called. And, um, thank God it was only four months because I don't think I, I really could have done any longer than that. So <laughs> that's a long time though. I mean, if you think it was about a it. long time, I didn't like it <laughs> anyways, but, um, what did you ask me? Sorry. I know we're going to be able to cut this uh, the, out, the so probation period is, is what Oh, I was. the probation. Yep, yep. So I was sentenced, I was sentenced to four months. And then after that, I had two years probation. Okay. So I completed that two years of probation, no violations. Um, you know, drug tests are clean. This is, you know, important. You have to have all this in order to have a clear and clean slate and off paper. If you violate, look, you're probably not going to get your rights reinstated right away. Okay. You know, if you go out and you use on probation, why in the world are they going to give you your rights back? Why are you even asking? Why are you, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So like when I help people advocate for their civil rights, I talk to them like they are a, what we call the military, a boot, you know, they're a junior. uh, Tell me what you're doing to, but I'm not going to put my name behind somebody. Right. If they're not doing the right things. You know what I mean? So. It's just, yeah, so like you do your time, and then two years later, my probation was over, then I filed. Okay. You know, luckily, I, it, it was granted except for my gun rights. So, you know, I was still told no, but guess what? I'm not done. <laughs> right. I'm not done. Right. So persistence is something I'm pulling out as an important element here, um, advocating mm-hmm. for yourself, bettering yourself. What does that advocation look like? not to the government, right? So you, you obviously advocated to get your civil rights and liberties reinstated. Was there anything that we didn't get to cover for talking to landlords or like your job? Like, let, let's make sure we cover that too. Well, so, you know, I'm going to be a social worker and to be licensed as a felon is not easy. Yeah, It's not, I mean, it's pos- absolutely possible because some of the greatest social workers I've dealt with as a patient 
are felons. (laughs) Because like I said earlier, I'd much rather talk to me as a, you know, another felon than no offense, Brian, than talk to you about what the heck was going on with me. I can't relate. I don't have that experience. It's It's unrelatable. So that's, Luckily, this is a a job that, you know, we are accepted in. Yep. We have to fight for it. But there are positions, you know, certifications that are not um, allowed. Right. Business owners, you know, you can't get that certificate at some places. Um, it's just, it takes a lot of knowledge. And I don't know everything, obviously. Right. I can't tell you who you're allowed, what you're allowed to do or, or not. I know about social work. I know about DUIs. And I know about aggravated assaults. <laughs> and guns so yeah Yeah. um but it's it's almost every aspect of my life has been touched Mm. by my criminal activity i almost said tarnished but that is another thing that we as Mm. the group of felons have to remember is that even our own talk about ourselves is extremely important because i am not tarnished I'm not. And we have to remember that. And that is the hardest part about being a felon is not getting back down into that deep, dark hole. Mm. Because I'll tell you what, I can kick my own ass better than anybody (laughs) else can. So It's true. Well, there's almost like a a, a power to that that you have taken away, right? Like there's not... (sighs) anything anyone can say to you negatively that you haven't already said to yourself and or dealt with, right? Like it's almost... I'm like, that's that special guy? Come on, man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no. And, and I think it's it sounds like an important element here, you've mentioned this several times, is the transparency, right? Whether it's transparency with yourself, with other people, landlords, potential employers, like it seems like that almost honesty, the cliche of honesty is the best policy, being transparent. Because like it, when you, I'll, I'll relate this to something I'm more familiar with, with students. When a student messes up, they don't turn in an assignment, they don't perform as well, and they come to me and they demand. I demand this needs to be, and I've had this. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, you're going to give me extra credit. You're going to fix this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Full letter of the law down, <laughs> hard no. If they come to me hat in hand, they're like, and they own it. I messed up. Is there any way you'd be willing to work with me? I'm like, you know what? This is about learning. Let me let me work with you here. And it sounds like that's a similar case here for felons. If if yes. you change the the entitlement, if you change the stigma, and you relate on a human level, and you're transparent, it seems like it goes a lot better for you. Absolutely, yes, yes, yes. Uh, but I'd have to say if I had, if I were in a landlord's situation or any situation other than the felony situation, they came up to me and said, I already did my time. <laughs> Which is like, true, technically. Give right? me my house. Yeah. I already did my time. That doesn't count. No, no, ma'am, it does count. Like, you have to continue every day to be a good person. And, you know, like for people like myself, who's in recovery from pills, you know, that's tough because I was not a good person. And so like it's like an everyday (laughs) cognitive effort to stay out of that, out of here. Yeah. And to do good, you know? So like you are not entitled. I don't care who you are. I mean, (laughs) unless you're Paris Hilton, then you can be entitled. (laughs) But, I mean, it's just important to always remember that you are accountable for your actions. And people are watching, whether you know it or not. Yeah. 
Always. Whether you're a fill or not, people are always, (laughs) always watching. And that's important to remember. Honestly, crazy, crazy notion here. Life is probably going to go a little bit better for you if you treat people better. You know, I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> fail it or not, that's 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 probably Don't going be a dick. to be yeah, pretty much. <laughs> There's <laughs> another beep. There's your other beep. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there anything we haven't touched on yet that you know you you want to make sure we get to before we go to hot takes? I want to make sure we've covered all of the advocacy suggestions here. I really want to. Um... If you're a felon and you're struggling, which I know a lot of us do, it's okay to ask for help. I know that, you know, we, I, I have a hard time asking for help yep. because I want to be strong and I want to be independent and I want to be worthy. But guess what? If you need help, you're still worthy. Like that doesn't matter. We are a community. We're all humans. Ask for it, man. We should all be doing this together. Yep. I don't care. Red, blue, purple. I don't care. We are all human race. Yep. Ask for help. It's okay. It's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. It doesn't feel good, but it's okay. No, it does not. <laughs> but like, it is important to remember the first step to fixing or addressing a problem is to admit and realize that there is one. Like if you don't yeah. think that there is a problem, you can't fix it. And this is something, again, relating it back to my experiences with the students. The only students I cannot help are the ones who never come to me. Right? If they come That's to me right. and they're like, listen, especially when they, they address the situation and they acknowledge that their role that they played in it, I can work with that. I cannot work with the students who go missing in action. You cannot help someone who won't help themselves. You can't help someone who doesn't come forward and admit that they need their help or someone else's help. A- Excuse me. Amen. Let me tell real quick. Cause I know we're about to go to hot take. Yep. I just had like, I cut my mother out of my life temporarily mm-hmm. for that reason. Like, you know, it's okay to stand up for yourself yep. today. Like it is okay to get toxicity out of your life when you are no longer the toxic person. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, get help. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to get help. And yep. it's okay to be honest about shit, man. Yes. So Absolutely. It's okay to be you. That's all that. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to go to hot takes and we will be right back. All right. On the short intermission, a few plugs for our show. Remember that you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Between the Liars. And Danny, you are at Navy Doc. 1981. 1981. I'll get that eventually. And if you're watching this live stream, go ahead and take just a second and like, subscribe, set those notifications so you can join us. We love, love, love the people who are blowing up our chats while we talk. We get to them when and where we can. And I really like, you know, even if I just go back and watch the comments sometimes, it's, it's fun. Uh, <laughs> but I also do want to take a quick plug and for our announcements go ahead and mention our memberships if you want to join danny and myself and the other liars or betweeners whatever you want to call us before and after the show (laughs) uh, if you these are linked below you can join our patreon you can become a patron or you can go through the buy me a coffee if you do the monthly subscription i think it's like five bucks uh you will get extra bonus behind the scenes and you can chat with us uh off the air before and after the show so if you're interested hit that up that is proceeds of that go to support the show better the show you know pay for the live stream stuff like that so get to hang out with us and, and hey we are a fun time we there's you, you can say a lot of things about us we're a good time <laughs> all right uh we're gonna go back now and danny will kick us off with our hot takes all right, Danny, all hey, yours. Hey. All right. I like it when things are all mine. So, you know, I, we were talking about advocacy and the importance of it. And you know what? 
I said it earlier, I think we were off camera actually when I said closed mouths don't get fed, Ryan. Closed mouths don't get fed. My mom taught me that since I was little, little. And um, now that I'm, I'm using that uh, for good, my life has changed. Um, you know, I'm about to be a, an employee of the state of Arizona, a four-time felon, three-time felon, work for the state of Arizona, helping veterans better their lives because I better mine as a veteran, you know, like this is huge, man. This can become, this needs to be become like a national, like everybody should know how to advocate for themselves. It should just be taught in school, how to open your mouth and say what you need. You know what I mean? Like, because if, if you don't say it, nobody knows. Just like you said earlier, what you have students that come in and hey, if they didn't turn something in, here's why I need help or whatever. Open your mouth and explain, but be kind, be assertive, don't be aggressive. There's a difference. And uh, especially as a felon, don't be aggressive. <laughs> and just um, advocate, advocate, advocate. And remember that closed mouths don't get fed. You will die of hunger, figuratively speaking, if you don't open your damn mouth. Maybe. Talk about what. And know your worth, <laughs> damn it. Like, if, you, if you're good at something and you want a job, but you aren't getting hired because you're a felon, you tell them, you're wrong. Yeah. This is why you're wrong. But you do it in a kind mm. and respectful way to where they think about it, and then they call you a couple days later and say, oh, you know what? We'll give you that job. You're right. <laughs> so it's important. Kill them with kindness, as the old saying goes. <laughs> That's it. Figuratively, otherwise you'll get an actual felony. Uh, yeah, you don't I don't want know. that either. I don't want to go back to that place, mm. that's for sure. All right. Well, my hot take is going to be that it's it's important to humanize the felons, right? There's there there is a good reason that the violent felons do not get a lot of their civil rights back. If you kill someone, if you commit these crimes, especially against a minor, like there are reasons that you will not get these civil rights and civil liberties back. And and personally, I support that. That's a conversation for another yeah, day. Me too. But when it comes to felons, they're not all the same. And I think, Danny, that's like it's something that has been in the back of my mind that I, I didn't really notice until we started having you on the show and chatting more, is that it's easy to lump all felons together, just even in the back of your mind, unconsciously. And I think it's very important that we bring the nuance to this conversation. It's why you're on the show. It's why we pick topics that you can bring your personal expertise to. Second hot take here, I think that whatever your position is, felon, not felon, find your expertise, find your spot where you can help the next person along. And Danny, that's, that is one of the things that I really appreciate about with your situation here and about you and your character is that it's not just the system has done this to me. You take accountability for the things that you did, the role that you played. You take responsibility and you are trying to better yourself. And through that, you're taking every advantage of the opportunities you can to advocate for yourself. And I really think that so many things that just really enlightened me in this conversation came out like you need to be bettering yourself as a person so that you can be someone that they're willing to get in the corner for you need to get people in the corner for you you need to push until you get the no right once they say no like what the thing i tell my students what's the worst that happens you ask and they say no you're in the same spot you were if you never asked so yeah i i'll wrap it up with with that last thing and uh I really liked how you just, when you said don't 
lump us all together, you know, and that is huge, 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 especially when it comes to mandatory sentencing. Yeah. We'll get to that. Maybe again, another topic. We'll do that for sure. I think that that's going to be an important topic. All right. Great show. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. And remember that you can find Between the Liars on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, Twitch, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on our social medias to stay updated. And if you enjoy this show, go ahead and give us a five-star review. Share us with your friends. We love hearing from our fans. Tell us what topics you want to hear. Really, that's, that's what we enjoy doing is getting those suggestions and then hashing out those conversations. We're kicking off season two here with a great conversation. Make sure you find yourself somewhere between the liars. Bye for now. <laughs>